everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the chat we have so much to discuss today which includes the young and the restless celebrating its 12,000th episode Jeannie francis giving one hell of a performance on general hospital and of course two new co-hosts at the sinking ship of the talk but before we get into everything let's check in on our co-host the one the only alan spencer how are you yeah, I'm alive, so I guess that's okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that as always. And then Tiggs Cassadine, how are you? I'm doing quite well, Casey. Wonderful. And then Rodrigo, how are you? I am doing great, Casey. Great week of soaps. Very good. And then as always... The one, the only, D. How are you, dear? I'm feeling amazing. I'm feeling like a Weber right now. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's just get right to everybody's favorite soap opera right now, General Hospital. Uh, General Hospital had another great week. Um, they are still lighting stuff up like they have been since their return from COVID. Uh, but one star in particular, Jeannie Francis, is turning in Emmy-worthy performance after Emmy-worthy performance, particularly um, upon Emmy Ryland uh, leaving the show in the role of Lulu. So, Rodrigo, let's start with you. I know you're dying to talk about it. What do you think of a Miss Jeannie Francis putting in work? Well, this is this is not anything new. Jeannie Legend Francis just comes in. First of all, any, anytime she comes back from a long break, Jeannie ready to work. And she was handed some good material this past week. Laura losing Lulu to the Lulu going away in a coma and Laura's losing it. And Laura swinging on Cyrus's ass. That was some good shit. When she smacked the shit out of him with his fake sympathy, she was she read through all that bullshit. And this Jeannie Francis's facial expressions, the way that when she cries, we all cry when Jeannie cries. When Laura's hurt, we hurt. And she just gave a ferocious performance between her and more West. I don't know who they just ping-ponged off each other this week and especially Monday's episode was just amazing amazingly written acted the fallout from Julian's bombing bombing of the floating rib is just playing amazingly well on screen I'm loving what I see and Jeannie Francis I mean I just love that she's getting the shine that was given to Tony Gary all those years that should have been to her since she was the uh, clearly the backbone of that couple um and she's just showing her stuff right now and you, you just love to see it you just love to see it so of course Alan the moment that blew up on Twitter was the scene where Tracy rushes into General Hospital uh, just about as the quarter mains and Laura and everybody else are gathering for pizza. 
And she and Laura do this huge emotional embrace. So what did you think of Tracy's return and that scene uh, Jane Elliott shared with Jeannie Francis? It was very touching. And that means something coming from me because I'm a cold bitch and I was touched by Lad. And if we think about the relationship between the two with Lamb, the only thing they have in common um, and basically is Luke and Laura. So to see Luke's two loves of his life come together to support Luke's daughter was very touching. Now, Tiggs, um, of course, you know, Jeannie had many, many layers to her performance. Um, how did you feel watching it as a viewer? I mean, it felt good. I mean, you know, the, the flashback to little, you know, dark-haired baby Lulu back when the, the show was a masterpiece. Um, oh, everything surrounding Lulu's exit was great. I mean, well, besides them rushing her out like she was a drunk auntie about to spill the beans. Because, I mean, even though, like, Jeannie gave a great performance given the time frame, because usually when you write a character out via a coma or something like that, Lulu would have had at least another week or so to, you know, shit. They was like, look, Jeannie, you got about four takes. Let's do this. Four scenes. We got to get her the hell up out of here. So Jeannie did a great job. Tracy coming back. It's like Jane Elliott never left. Jane Elliott can go 20 years without being on this show. Step back on the scene. You would just think you just saw Tracy yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um. I didn't think she was going to come back because I, I didn't know she was coming back now. As soon as we found out she was coming back, she, she aired the next goddamn week. I didn't know she was coming back for her. So that's good. That was great. Um, I'm just praying when we do get a new Lulu is when I got chemistry with Dominic Zampranya and they got a better overall plan for the kids because they ain't knowing what the hell to do with Paul Emmy Ryan on the internet. Her fault. They just never know what to do with care. So, I mean, I was a little pissed off at first because you got the Willows and the Sashas and all that shit, but you're going to write out Leslie Luke. But, I mean, hey, if you ain't got a plan for a character, write their ass out for six months, come up with a new game plan, bring them back. The genie's been kicking ass. Well, and I'm so glad um, that they didn't kill Lulu. You know, I think the story was so impactful by having a character we care about that is so strongly tied to the history of that show being injured in a way that you can bring her back six months to a year from now. Um, but I think the story carried a lot more weight with it by having Lulu being injured uh, like this. That voiceover, oh, that voiceover. Oh. <laughs> Lord voiceover as Lulu was leaving was so emotionally gut-punching I just when you Ooh. hear Laura, you know, as Lulu's oh. getting pushed into the elevator and Laura's like, I'm your mother, and I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> the words were the words were said per perfectly. Just that moment was just and it was I, some clear Levine oh, That's I what hate, I said on Twitter. I it hate was, that M's gone. I hate that they wrote her out, but like takes if you're gonna write out a character like Lulu, you might just do it big. You know, and just like it's gonna affect the campus for months while she's gone, and I want to see like you know the after effects 
play out. And they yeah. they set they set it up perfectly. It's gonna be interesting to see Dante navigate without Lulu because right. since the character's been on the show, he's been tethered to her. You know, yeah, he's Sonny son, but don't like give a damn about that. It's been mainly about him and Lulu. And it'll be nice to see him live without her. We've seen her without him the last couple of years. So it'll be nice to see how Dante navigates with his son without Lulu. You know, we definitely saw the town impact of it, you know, with, you know, little Charlotte and Maxie and Laura. And I mean, Lulu is so tied to the canvas, even though they really haven't known what to do with the character. Uh, since Emmy Ryland has stepped into the role, Lulu still has so many ties to the canvas. Um, but Dee, let's go to you. Let's get your thoughts on Jeannie's performance um, as Emmy Ryland exits. I mean, it's Jeannie Francis. You don't expect anything less than Emmy-worthy performances. I mean, now that she's not in Tony Geary's shadow and, you know, the specter of Luke and Laura, you, you can tell that she really was the driving force behind that couple. I mean, they jumped up and down, bent over backwards for him when it should have been the other way around because her work has improved so much. She has come out so much. Everything is so much better. And just watching these scenes, it, it genuinely feels like a mother that is losing her child. Like you can't really tell that this is acting. It just looks natural. It's very organic. And I mean, I'm very angry because I, you know, I actually like Emmy as Lulu. You know, they just didn't know what to do with her. She was just, they just shuffled her from one thing to another and they just like brought her without a clear purpose. And I feel mm. like when they do bring Lulu back, they better not bring her back until they have something for her to do other than be somebody's wife. Oh, let's make her a reporter. Oh, let's have her do the, they didn't have a clear purpose for her. And it was very obvious. They were just, it seemed like they were stunt casting. And, you know, yeah. They, that, Frank, it was a, it was Frank, a snatch and grab. Snatch and grab. Off from the Y&R, and they <laughs> they had no idea what to do with. It. They were like, "Oh, she's just leaving Y&R. She's some guy in life. He, she's popular. She fits a quota." Well, I think that the plan was. Oh, sorry, Alan. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, the damn casting worse because remember last time period, Frank and Joe Barrett were fighting over actors. That's what and it screwed both both shows up because. Fans are already here for it. No one wanted to see Burn on Young and Restless. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I think, you know, it was it's so interesting because to me, Emmy Ryland's Lulu, you know, from the look, from the way Emmy Ryland portrayed the character, always seemed to embody Laura a little bit more. And I think that was very special. Um, and it was kind of the only thing to hang on to under Emmy Ryland's portrayal because they would never present her with the story for the character, but Emmy Ryland still showed up every day. You know, yeah. that once was Emmy Ryland, as Alan likes to put it, was thinking about pizza. You know, she always showed up in her scenes, always. Yeah, she did. I, I mean, like I remember Jamie saying that her and Kirsten Storms kind of had the same acting energy, and they did. But there still was a distinction. You could still tell the difference between Lulu and Maxie. 
And that's all because of Emmy. So kudos to her for that. Because I didn't hate her in the role, but like they just didn't have anything to do with her. I mean, so many... Oh, go ahead, Didi. It's, I mean, it's like people kept comparing her to Julie Marie Berman. And Julie Marie Berman, to me, was more... Her Lulu was more Luke's daughter. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. Emmy is more, more Laura's Lord. daughter. Yeah. And so Definitely. if you are more of a Luke fan, then you were more aiming towards the Julie Marie Berman. But I never once called Emmy Shrulu. So if that helps you to make yeah. the distinction, yeah. you know, I never once called her that. She was more gentle. And yeah. I think some people just weren't used to that. They're, and I mean, she was a grown up Lulu. It wasn't Lulu in her 20s all crazy over Johnny Zakara. Mm. It was grown-up Lulu, and I think some people just weren't ready for Lulu to be grown-up, and apparently the writers weren't ready for her to be grown-up either because they didn't know what to do with her. That's definitely the distinction between those two Lulus. You know, mm-hmm. by making, you know, Emmy Ryland's Lulu had a career. She was a mother. She was trying to figure out how to live without her husband and be a single mom. And Julie Marie Berman's Lulu was definitely more of Luke's child. You know, they put her in more, you know, fighting stuff, you know, like that time she punched the shit out of Dante. And <laughs> they put her in more adventurous um, young romance stories. But I um, always liked that Lulu under Ryland became the embodiment of Laura as opposed to Luke. Um, and this, and that's not really an acting or a story choice. For me, it's just, you know, a character direction of in my head what I imagine that character to be, which in my opinion, Lulu needs to be more of the embodiment of Laura and not Luke. But that's just me. I mean, I, I agree because, yeah, Julie Marie Berman, hey, she, she got in that ass. She got in that role. But yeah, Lulu back then, she was a shrew. She was baby Carly when it came to her attitude. Very much a Spencer, very much how Bobby was at that age, very combative and indignant. And, you know, but Julie, she did the damn thing. Um, But, yeah, this is how Lulu should be as a mother in her mid to late 30s. This is how she should be at this point in her life. So hopefully they do have a better plan. And for the love of God, recast Lucky. It sticks out like a sore thumb when Lucky isn't around for shit like that. And Luke should have been killed off. Tony Geary's never coming back. He should have been killed off. They should have killed him off, gave him a nice long song, brought a few people back, kill Luke mm-hmm. off, be done with it. Because it doesn't even make sense for Luke to not be right. Yeah, Luke's a shitty father. But Luke wouldn't stay away for this. Yeah, he just he's wouldn't. not even going to pace time. I mean, <laughs> no. I mean, like, yeah, like, they could have had Tony Geary FaceTime from. Where he live again? The yeah. Netherlands. Look, he's yeah. in Amsterdam. Was Amsterdam. A baby with he's in Amsterdam. Fucking and Luke didn't say anything out of all this time. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. It, it's not true to the. It's not true to the character. It's not true to the storyline no. or to the history that has been going on since the eighties. They but, need to really, I mean, really like, especially with the whole fortieth anniversary of of Luke and Laura's wedding coming up next year. I would kill Luke Luke's ass off. I sure the fuck would. Well, I'm going to kill them off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it Tony Geary his wish. But it's not even that. You know, you have to look at where GH is at right now anyway, you know, approaching 60 in three years. And so, you know, 
You kill him. They've got to stop. I'm not sure how to put this without hurting anybody's feelings because General Hospital is really good right now. But, well, maybe we can all agree with this. They have to make sure when they craft these good stories and trying to heal the show right now that they don't miss any beats. You know, kind of like how Christina wasn't around for the whole Mike thing. And, you know, now you have the Luke and Lucky situation with the explosion and Lulu. And so... You know, I feel like General Hospital is extremely close to greatness, but when they do their storylines, it seems like they just always miss one thing. You know, they forget to write one thing down in the writer's room. Not mm-hmm. one thing sticks out like a sore thumb usually. And that's exactly what's going to happen when Peter is finally exposed when, when COVID is over. <laughs> and Maxie's gonna have to deal with them all by herself because they're not gonna be Felicia. There needs to be a scene where Christina Wagner can go the fuck off. Felicia needs to cuss Anna clean the fuck out. You are Maxie's godmother. And you have let her get close to this motherfucker. You let her get pregnant by this motherfucker. You let her almost marry this son of a bitch. My daughter has been in danger from the moment she met him, and you knew this shit. And you and your crazy ass sister been running around playing Tom and Jerry and shit. And my daughter and my grandbaby been, been in the crossfire. We ain't gonna get it though. Yeah, look at you trying to get that supporting actor in me. <laughs> we just might though. These, these, I'm saying these writers are very different. These writers, I feel like these writers actually, in some ways, it's like they're kind of listening to what the fans are complaining about. Barely they took the time it. over COVID to listen to what we were saying because Lord knows we had nothing but free time on this bird app. So <laughs> I right. feel like they might just rise to the occasion and give us what we want. They might. You never know. Because Felicia right. needs to go off on her. Mac needs to go off on Robert. Because Robert ain't told Mac everything. Mac would have been like a dog with a motherfucking bone if he knew half the shit that Spinelli and Robert knew when it came to people. Or suspect. And somebody need to beat Spinelli down too, just because he get on my nerves. But thank he, you. He Hello. Get... Hello. I don't like Spinelli. I'm so and it's so sad because I used to love that character. I did yeah. too. And I really Never. liked him under Ron's tenure, you know, with Ellie and but I just can't stand Spinelli. Yeah, that was the last one I start. That's when I started hating him is when he was with Ellie. I was like, oh, but I didn't like her. That was part of my problem. I'm just like, uh, see, him and Ellie were a perfect match. The last time I liked Spinelli is when the whole thing with Baby Jordy came out and he got Mackie's ass because he finally grew the fuck up and stood on his own two feet. It wasn't no stupid ass nicknames. It was no computer geek speak. He was a grown ass man. (laughs) And it only lasted for 10 minutes, but it was a glorious 10 minutes. (laughs) You know what? No, let me take that back. The last time I liked Spinelli was when Maxie and Nathan got married and Blake Barris was in the role for two days. Exactly. I've always hated that. Now, that was a sexy ass finale I could see with Matt. Y'all ain't shit. Look at him so hot, and Bradford Anderson looks like Gollum. Oh. He does. He looks like a troll. He does. He's giggling about Dante. Remember? Mm mm. 
Alan, you need to go on mute. Okay. You need to go on mute, Alan. <laughs> Look, this is giving me flashbacks to last week when Tig said he hated Michael Grasade. <laughs> well, special oh. shout out for this week to Morwes and William DeVry for their yes. Ava yes. and Julian. Oh, that was some gut-wrenching stuff. Ava was finally fed up with this motherfucking Julian. Just mm-hmm. took her to the brink that she was about to shoot his ass. I was like, girl, pull that trigger. Pull it. Pull it. I was begging her to Again, pull that trigger. The best then, part about watching GH for me, besides the storylines, is the production. Because when they did that shit in that outdoor set, I felt like I was really outdoors with them. I was like, oh, are we still at Prospect Studios? Or <laughs> I mean, right. it continues to look gorgeous. Oh. Well, yeah. let's. Oh, go ahead, Tiggs. One last thing. I, I'm happy. We know it ain't gonna last. It's gonna be gone by Christmas. But I'm so happy that Sam is starting to realize, like, hmm, maybe I ain't the ride or die bitch that Jason thought I was no more. Oh God, yes. Dude, it's just like, the group uh, chat's been on fire, baby. The group chats have been on fire this week. I'm We're so like, thank you, Sam. Say, I'm Woo. so proud of Sam for even having this moment and having it more for like two days. A realization right. is happening. Because Damn. as George's Alexis has been, Alexis has been right. Every word that's came out of Natasha Cassidy's mouth has been the fucking truth. <laughs> Drunk or not. In your government name. <laughs> and, and, and like Sam is realizing like, okay, me and Jason don't have the same life we did 10 years ago. It was, it was, it was all good in the hood when I thought I was barren and we thought Jake was roadkill. But now Jake's alive. I got not one but two miracle babies. And Jason is just she it needs to be a scene where she goes off on him. Because you the saw way Monday's you episode. Jason Jason just Well, didn't you so... see didn't you see oh. Monday's episode when she's sitting up there and she's just like I was with Patrick. I was with a doctor. Yes. You know, right. she was like she was like he was she's like they of course you know we gonna have to Christ is gonna return before they mention Drew. But she yeah. was talking. She, I mean, right. she was talking about how Jason was gone, and she was by herself. She didn't have to worry about it. She didn't have. She got to be a normal person. And right. when she was with Drew, and when Drew was like, "Look, I'm putting my family first and he told Sonny and Carly that he quit. Sam, and then they founded Aurora. I know some of y'all think it was born or whatever, but Sam was living a respectable life. And then Jason came, and then he expected her to go back to be the ride or die leather twin and she ain't about that life she is not with it anymore because she is growing up too and then carly carly ain't shit for Ooh. trying to make her feel bad because she's trying to put her kids first Ooh, the way, exactly. the way carly, carly looked carly at sam uh-uh. Ooh, carly should never have been life. friends carly they never should have been at, friends carly looking at sam like you poor you poor baby and you. Carly, <laughs> y'all brought an innocent child into your home who just died hours ago because of mob violence. And you got the nerve to sit your fuck ass here and fix your mouth to make this girl feel bad. And, well, this is the choice we took. No, tell me, baby, it ain't. Because Jason was good and presumed dead when Sam started Carly. popping out kids, okay? Carly, how many times? was beautiful. How many times did she try to leave Sunny? Carly, Carly, how many times did you, when you, when you uh, made Jax Morgan's father, because you didn't want Morgan in the life, you didn't, in, in, the mob, in the mob life, then you... You cut Sonny off again when Michael was shot in the head. 
And then, but you don't bring that up. You act like you would, you, you made a choice and you just lived with being a mob wife. No. And then, all their cus- and then all the custody trials. Remember yeah. when she was with Lorenzo and he blew up that limo so that she could get custody? When she mad at Sonny, oh, the mob is <laughs> bad and evil or whatever. But when she and Sonny are good, it's mob today, mob tomorrow, mob forever. Right. Girl, shut up. You know what? Like, Sam needs to take her babies and just run. Sam is a good one because I would have snapped on Jason's motherfucking ass in Sonny's living room. When I when she told him, oh, maybe and the kids need to go to Puerto Rico, and Jason just basically like, well, girl, you go for oh, you can go. my ass mm-hmm. right here. I would have cussed him clean the fuck out. So I you would have where the fuck me and my kids go? I would have walked I, the hell out and I wouldn't have looked back. Please. I don't me. feel there's there's no love between Jason and Sam. The chemistry between Bert and Monica, I can't wait for this breakup. I can't wait for this just, breakup oh, to show not up there because no it more. is yeah. coming. This breakup yeah. is coming, and I'm very excited for it because he doesn't even respect her anymore. The no. one thing no. you used to be able to say is that he respected her. He does. He has zero respect for her now. None. And anybody that says otherwise, you just still riding on those ride or die fumes from way back in the day. Right, girls still think it's 2007. That's all. So yeah. this is ridiculous. He doesn't respect her, and 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 she is finally opening her eyes to the fact. That I mean, she's always known that she wasn't number one. Now she's getting to see that he, she and her kids are not even close to being yeah, number one. And he ain't got no respect for her. Before, I mean, he would put Sonny and Carly and Michael and everybody else in their mama first, but at least he respected her as a woman. And now he don't even respect her. He respects the maid more than her. Right, when she go down now, Jason don't even call Sam no more. Yeah. He just sent one, one of his men. Like when you the minute you knew the before the web blew up and you knew as soon as you dropped Danny off at the motherfucking quarter man you should have called that girl and said Sam I'm alright I heard about what happened at Florida Rip I just dropped Danny off at the quarter mains we good I just don't want you to worry Sam sat there for forty five minutes thinking them motherfuckers was dead and then here come his dry ass without a reaction in the fucking world oh oh we went to um we went to Chick Fil A and then I dropped Danny off at mine. <laughs> okay. yeah, they packed up Melissa Reeves and they all went down to Okay. <laughs> so anyway, Tiggs, earlier you had mentioned um, things being gone by Christmas and the same is happening at ABC with Vicki Dummer and William Burton. Uh, two, executives, <laughs> two executives. <laughs> oh my God. Two executives who are out uh, following a restructuring of Disney's TV group and um, major layoffs as well. Um, Our friends at Daytime Confidential have said this in their article. uh, Dummer, who was until recently the head of current series programming, ABC Entertainment, has been with ABC for 24 years and oversaw General Hospital in the daytime lineup after Brian Franz, clap of thunder, that uh, bastard. <laughs> uh, Burton in 2018 became the senior vice president of sports and syndicated development production, where he was responsible for the business operations of General Hospital and helped spearhead the Tamron Hall show debut. So, D, you seem to be the most vocal. Let's just go to you first. <laughs> My bad. Oh, bye. What have you contributed? Uh, where where are the coins that General Hospital needs on this shoestring budget that they're on? Uh, y'all give sets, but y'all can't give uh Lucky or uh any of the other characters that we want to come back. Uh, Brenda. what have you? 
Brenda, my girl, what have you what have you contributed positively? It just seems like she's been there for 24 years and we already know Brian Franz was trying to kill off General Hospital. And so then this wench was trying to continue continue on the legacy like her job wasn't going to be at stake. People don't think long-term about some of these decisions they be making. I just feel like General Hospital would be in a better place if they would put more resources, allocate more of those coins to it. And if she gone, that means that that frees up the coffers. So hopefully they uh, try to bring back some shows and don't put some more talk shows or failed talk shows, failed cooking shows, failed all of these other shows. We want soap operas, bring back the soaps. And now that uh, Vicky Dummer, I'm going to leave her last name alone because the jokes may have been coming. I just, it can only be a good thing. I'm just saying. I mean, I know that oh, I should feel bad that somebody lost their job, but um my girl Emmy lost her job too. So am I not supposed to? If I don't, if I'm not allowed to feel sorry for her, I'm not gonna feel sorry for you either. <sighs> Bye. I hate. I hate executives. I just feel like they need to. If they're going to devote to daytime, then they need to devote to daytime. And it just seems like they're just doing just enough to keep the show on the air until they can replace it instead of nurturing it and getting it to the next level and getting it back to where it used to be when we used to run home with our little VCRs and be trying to watch our show. So bye, Vicky. Don't let the door split you on your way out. Well, and, you know, what's interesting about this is, so, you know, she took over poor Brian Franz. And once again, it's another executive who didn't understand because ABC's daytime lineup still has not recovered from the cancellations of All My Children and One Life to Live. To this day, it still has not recovered. So, Rodrigo, what do you think of both Vicki Dummer and uh, William Burton being out? Bye, Vicki. I mean, I, <laughs> I have nothing to say. I mean, she gone. I, I mean, came out of left field, but these days, with all these streaming services and all these networks, they're all coming together and like, you know, some positions are gonna have to be lost. And unfortunately she was one of them. I don't know what this says about the future of General Hospital and who is gonna be behind the show, who's gonna advocate for the show now. I mean, there's not a lot of champions behind the scenes. I mean, say what you want about Frank Valentini, but that man is a champion of this show. He puts his foot into this. He puts his stank into this show, whether you like it or not. He makes a dollar to 15 cents on that, on that budget. He makes sets looks good. You know, the wardrobe is great, but if he doesn't have anybody that's going to support him and try to support the show some way, I it, I just don't I just question how what the future of the show is going to be because someone needs to step up to the plate and you know just have that shows back and then you know try to create new shows or you know I'm, I'm the talk shows ain't working every talk show they got on there have been canceled. Uh, the only one that's been surviving is The View. I mean, everything else, I'm like, okay. But, but bye, Vicky. I mean, I, got, I don't know what else to say. Bye, bitch. <clears throat> bye. Well, and, you know, you look at what's actually on 
ABC, you know, in the daytime hours, and it really shows failure on Vicki Dummer's part per usual, because it's not a daytime lineup at all. You know, say what you will about CBS nowadays and how they said, you know, they're getting rid of the CBS daytime division. CBS has a daytime lineup. They have a talk show. They have game shows. They have soap operas. Um, you know, I think with ABC trying to reorganize its divisions with Disney, you know, there, in my opinion, really needs to be a special focus on restructuring daytime and how they can get daytime eyeballs back. Um, and maybe they need to look at um, green lighting another soap or green lighting a game show as well. And, you know, something to restructure daytime as a whole on ABC. So Tiggs, what do you think of Vicky being out along with William? And what would you like to see the future of ABC daytime to look up, um, look like? Get your shit, get your shit and get the fuck out. I, I have nothing to say about Vicky Dunmer. I mean, her good riddance to bad rubbish, her in that little punk ass Nathan Varney, that other man, I didn't know his name till today. Um, God, I miss Angela Shapiro. Um, they know what the fuck they need to do, but they ain't. They need to go ahead and cancel that bullshit-ass Good Afternoon America shit that don't nobody watch, that y'all just got filling up a time slot because y'all ain't got shit else to put on, and bring back all my children to one life to live. Streamline the budget, 30 minutes apiece, bam, it's done. They can do it. Is that? No. Because nobody wants to see no damn game show. They got a whole game show network. Shit. Only we may work on CBS because old people watch CBS and old people love game shows. Nobody wants to see that shit. But see, what I was talking about was more of a streamlined daytime, you know, programming. How CBS, you know, it's going to go from a game show to a talk show to a soap opera to a game show to a soap opera. You know, CBS even though there's only two soaps uh, left, they still, four soaps left, they still hold 50% of the soap opera lineup because they've played it smart. You know, when Angelica McDaniel was there, she played it smart and really looked at the brand of CBS Daytime as a whole. Um, so maybe ABC needs to start thinking more about, okay, what's ABC's brand in the daytime part of the television block. Um, so Alan, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Well, allegedly, <laughs> Vicki Dunmer's favorite on that show was Steve Burton, so my feelings about her being out are, bye bitch. So, but anyway, she was a supporter of the show, so that's kind of bad, but apparently the show does I have strong ratings on Hulu, so I don't think this is going to spell doom for the show. I know you guys are talking about, oh, bring back all my children, we'll have to live, or another, bring on a new show. That's never going to happen. They're never going to spend $50 million to bring low shows back. It's cheaper to give Charo a show or something like that. Yes, I use Charo as an example again. Always bring, you <laughs> always bring up Charo as your go-to talk show, no matter what network we talk about. We might as well. He's like, keep up giving all these stupid celebrities. Might have Charo's show. They gave me 
Kim Barnett, his mother, a show. I'd rather watch her ass. Um, well, Rodrigo, let's go to you um, for our next hot topic. And we'll keep the talk about daytime lineups continuing. Um, let's go to CBS Daytime, uh, where their talk show, The Talk, is still in some trouble. So Page Six published this um, great big article on The Talk's ratings, how they are absolutely terrible. Uh, they're down, I believe, like 26% since Marie Osmond has left. And now the talk has announced that Amanda Klutz and Elaine Welteroth, two people I've never heard of, are joining them at the panel. So, Rodrigo, what do you think of the talk's continuous struggle? <laughs> uh, I'm like, who and who? <laughs> I'm like, um, that's the talk's problem right there. How, why the fuck would you have gotten like some name people to be replacements on the show? Cause you got two people I've never heard of in my whole life. Now I gotta like look them up and like try to learn about them. I don't have time for all that. Um, I mean, <sighs> I miss Asworld turns and Guiding Light. Um, that's what you get, CBS. You try to. You try, you try to replace my episode Barbers with this god awful show. The talk has not been good in years. I don't like it has not been good in years. I, I don't, the last time that show was good, semi good, is during their early seasons. Like the only thing I appreciated that show for is they invited all the other soap opera actors on their show at yeah. the daytime Emmys and gave respect to the other actors. Unlike The View. <laughs> do that shit. Oh, it gets me so mad when they do that every time. They always, but the talk has always been generous with allowing other actors from from the other networks to come on and celebrate their wins. So I've always respected the talk for that. But other than that, I don't even watch the show. I'll be honest, I don't watch the talk. I I, I don't got time for that show. It's opposite General Hospital in most markets and where I live, so I choose General Hospital. To watch so well so do you and most people <laughs> yeah so i'm not surprised i mean this looks like it, they, this show looks like it has one foot in the grave and they hired uh who and who i don't even know these I, sorry i'm sorry ladies i don't know who you are <laughs> um I'm not, so that just makes me not want to watch it at, like at all so who cares but i don't see this show going another two or three years and I'm just my prediction it's not gonna last long no I don't know why they had to hide the double mid twins for a new co-host I don't but, know them I don't know her yeah well and they've clearly gone with two people who are a hell of a lot cheaper I would assume um because you know we had Marie Osmond leave in September after just one season uh, Eve um, left last month after three seasons. So, D, what do you think of the absolute mess of destruction that is the talk? I mean, pretty much at this point, I could go on that talk show. 
I mean, and I'm not anybody. I mean, <laughs> more people know you. <laughs> I mean, they were announcing these new people. I'm like, I don't watch the talk. I watch the talk once a year, and that's the day after the daytime Emmy. So let's keep it real. Other than that, I I don't mess with the talk. I kind of mess with it when Eve is on there every once in a while, but you know, I'm not really a talk show person. So I mean, I don't want to see people lose their jobs and stuff like that, but you're going to have to reformat, restructure, re-something because I don't know anybody that actually watches that show. I'm being real honest. I mean, most people watch clips of The View on Twitter, but I know some people that watch The View, but I don't know anyone that watches The Talk. I mean, like, seriously, I don't. At the daytime Emmys is the only time I ever hear anything about The Talk because all of the people in the mezzanine section The Talk gave them free tickets to show up so that they could cheer for them if they won. That is what I know about the talk. I'm being real honest. Well, and if I'm going to watch a talk show, I've always wanted something a little more messy and entertaining. Like, the talk has always been too soft for me. Like, it really is the epitome of what CBS puts out for what they think people think of when they hear, like, edgy talk show, and they come up with something that's very fluffy. Like, I've always been a fan of like Wendy Williams or The View, um, something just where I know I'm going to be entertained and not waste my time if I choose to watch that day. But with the talk, I watch when everybody else watches and that's when a soap star's on. That's when, you know, the daytime Emmy after party is going on and something like that. So Tiggs, what do you think of the talk just going down the tubes very very quickly somewhere right now colleen zinc penta and i know she ain't married to mark penta no more but god damn it she's still colleen zinc penta to me she is having a good old cocktail cackling at this bullshit right now because it's been 10 years since as world turns on bed she is still pissed and i'm right there with her i mean yeah like there, there's nothing yeah if it ain't the day after the daytime emmys nothing appeals nothing about that show appeals to me as much as I love Eve like even when she joined the show I glanced just to be nosy but it's like the show just all we needed like a B12 shot and a V8 splash and just never got it I don't like their segments yeah it's just they're always so choppy with their segments choppy yeah And like they bring on these random people, like these random guest co-hosts, like to do one yeah. story, and then like they go away after. I'm like, why was this person brought on to do something that the other host could have done in like two seconds? Like this, some um, this the format has never worked for me. It's been a carbon copy of the View. Obviously, that's what they were going for. Um, but it's just like even Cheryl's not. I used to love watching Cheryl Underwood, but now she's. Just, she like she bored with this show too. She's like, oh, I don't even, she don't even try no more. The only and, one worth watching. I mean, right. Honestly, Cheryl is the only. She's one the only one that. She's the soap fan. She's the one that you know, that knows the soap history and. Yes. Uh, so the guest and I'm bald and the beautiful. So <laughs> I, I mean, love she's on B and B. Yes, she could have like, played the Hope doll. I tell you, that's who they should have. It should have been a Cheryl Underwood doll. <laughs> But like Cheryl is sitting here now on the talk, like I'm here so I won't get fined. Where's my paycheck? 
You know, <laughs> like, make sure that check is signed. Okay. <laughs> there better be money in that account. <laughs> Don't cast my check. Other than that, I don't know. The talk. They, they just they need a B twelve shot, and like like y'all said, they need they need a new executive producer there that's going to oversee the show and really put together a talk show. Find some, you know, find some veteran talk show producer, like somebody who worked with Oprah maybe her last couple of years on the air or something like that. Not some not some old motherfucker. Somebody that's at least about doing. You know, and they they. Child, they need to do something because. And Helen, like, instead of giving Nisi Nass her own talk show, which I'm happy about, they could have threw Nisi Nass on that bitch. And that would have made me watch. Oh, shit. Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> well, like, give me a reason for watch every day. You throw somebody on that motherfucker that I want to see every day, and we got, we, we good. Because Nisi yeah, Nass turn really cool into shit. No, I really don't know who these women are. I really. Okay, I can tell you who they are. I can tell you who they are. One of them's only famous because her husband died of COVID earlier this year. Because he was a Broadway actor. Uh, Another runway judge. Oh, Nick. Um, who was that guy? Nick. Um, something I don't was pronounced his name, wasn't it? Cordero or something like that. Cordero. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, may he rest in peace. Um, because you know that was just an awful thing and completely shook the Broadway community. But again. The talk is at a 1.5 when the view average is a three. So, you a know. 1.5? Yeah. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And you took my soap sauce? Exactly. You took my soap sauce? Yes. As the world turns, it's kicking ass and taking names. A 1.5? A 1.5. I can pull a 1.5. Even PPAC was getting a 1.3 shit. Seeing Kim Zinner sweating her balls off the feedback right now, then goddamn Cheryl well, Lyle you Young and Restless. That young and Restless beats it by 1.7. I mean, my God, they are getting yeah. their asses whooped. No, no, yeah, yeah. Be you know, Days is beating that show. Come on now. Yeah, Days is beating like, that show. By all the subs are beating yeah, that show. It's like, all the subs are beating that show. And then, and I get it. They're very cheap to produce, but at the same time, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Right. It, so know? what about it being cheap to produce? If you don't know why watch that shit, don't know why they Exactly. It's At like, the end of the day, cancel the talk and either make the young and the restless look really, really good again. You know, take all that talk budget money and say, here you go, Anthony. Build a new Newman ranch set besides that restroom you got the Newmans living in. Or, you know, you make something new, preferably a new soap, or you bring back As the World Turns. I mean, bring back the soap in a 30-minute format if you're trying to save money, but Lord have mercy. Like, like, do something because, like, even before Angelica McDaniel left, like, CBS <laughs> time has been a shit show, and now because of COVID, YNR's numbers is in the toilet. B and B, try another soap again. Like, you see all these streaming services; they just coming up with shows left and right, left and right. Every time I turn around, yeah, I turn around to this show. Yeah, and Jamie even said, Jamie said earlier. All the soaps, all four soaps do great on streaming services. 
So why the hell not? Lord knows I don't watch the soaps live. I stream all of them. I do yeah. not watch a single right. one on TV. Yes. And Tiggs, well, you know, you got I'm my CBSL access password. Right. You know, we watching them soaps together. Right. It's like, you know, if I, I mean, if I don't have a meeting, if I don't have a meeting going on, I I watch GH live. If I don't have a meeting going on, I'm working. But baby, yeah, Hulu is that. coming through. Hulu I is coming through like a clutch player, man. I'm right. just telling oh, you. I'm old school, bitch. I, I still got DVR, but yeah. Still, <laughs> like, me and all can watch her soaps any motherfucker where she please now. Alan's like, I'm over here taping my search for tomorrow for Friday's cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, hey, you got Disney Plus. The Disney Plus ad, they could do a they could put a, an original soap opera on Disney Plus. That's why like, I said CBS All Access. Y'all need to hit up Procter and Gamble. Bring some of that, uh, bring some of them on um, paper towels and some of that with that washing powder over here, and let's talk some shit. Yeah. And make it a branded content CBS All Access 30 minute soap. That way, you get tons of ad revenue. You know, have you know, uh, Colleen Zank in there saying, Oh gosh, I just don't know what to clean this dress with. How about this new detergent from Procter and Gamble? <laughs> exactly right. Barbara Ryan could be having a fashion show for BRO, and some dumbass spills something on it. Girl, yeah, and she like breeze. takes the spraying bottle out of her purse, and she yeah, like, and it's that damn Febreze shit. That Febreze shit that refreshes the clothes. Like, come here, bring me that, bring me that shit. Shit. God. Anyway. <laughs> I I miss as the world turns. Oh, I do, I do, I do. Um, so anyway, let's talk about the young and the restless. Um, Y&R celebrated its milestone 12,000th episode. Um, so Alan, let's start with you. What did you think of the 12,000th episode of the young and the restless? Well, I, I'm glad I didn't have to look at Donnie Bowers' ugly face. That was... Just angelic. So heavenly to see that ugly face. So thankful oh. for that. Oh, Jesus. Droopy dog ass looking motherfucker. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh my god. All Alan. I can think about, Alan, is the pictures you used for him in your best and worst list. Like all of a sudden I'm scrolling through your best and worst list and I see a dog. I'm like, fucking Alan. <laughs> he does look like a basset hound. He really does. <laughs> it's horrible to look at. He's he's in a profession where your face matters and he has those eyes. Ugh. Anyway, I guess it was okay for it was nice to see the flashbacks and everything glad, but the show still sucks. Because Josh Griffin is a horrible writer, he's only supposed to Adam, and Abby and Chance have only been together for five minutes to get this whole big ass wedding. Ugh. I just, you know, Dee, I want to go to you because I think we have to talk about the fact that Trisha Cast never ages. <laughs> Dee, what did you think of the 12,000th episode and Nina being worked in for Chance and Abby's wedding? Okay, the first thing you need to realize is the only people that age on that show are rich people. Factor that in, okay? <laughs> poor people, poor people stay young forever, baby. 
that's just the way it works. Okay. More money, more problems, more money, more wrinkles. So now, you know, um, let me give you economics 101 for soaps. Um, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I was glad to see Trisha Cass, but I really feel like they should have used her more. She should have got more lines. She should have had more of an impact in there because I was super hyped and excited to see her. And I don't feel like we got enough of it, to be honest. But she doesn't age. I mean, that's what happens when you're not problematic. When you stay in your lane and mind your own business, you stay flawless. You see how that goes? That's what happens when Rose DeVille isn't in your life anymore. <laughs> Nina said, I don't have the stress of all these missing children. <laughs> so, Rodrigo, uh, what did you think of the Chance and Abby wedding? Um, and also... What is your favorite moment from 12,000 episodes of The Young and the Restless? Um, okay. I, the positives about the 12,000 episode. Um, it was great to see the vets. I, you know I love me some YNR vets. But I can see one room. I can see Victor, Nikki, and Ashley, and... Uh, uh, Tracy and Jack and you know see the people I grow up watching in one room I always love to see that Trisha Cass is like she never left the show like wh why is she not on the contract like ASAP like Nina needs to be back in genuinecy just her scenes alone with Jill and even the moment with Victoria they even remembered that Nina and Victoria have a history together and it was great to see them, you know, even though it wasn't Amelia playing the part back then, when Ryan, and, when Ryan Victoria, and Nina played, that, that triangle played. Uh, it was a good moment to see Nina and Victoria talking about Ryan and other things. So it was a nice little touch there. I do like Justin Gaston as Chance. Uh, he fit the role, really, he fits the role very perfectly. He looks like a chancellor. He looks like Philip. He looks like he'd be, he could be Nina's son. I like the chemistry between him and Trisha Cass. And oh, I wish they would just keep him. I mean, sorry, Donnie. Like, you, you can stay home. And why are you sorry? Dude, Don't apologize. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Amen. <laughs> yeah. You're right, D. You're right. Fuck you, Donnie. You should stay your ass at home. Justin should get this part. Him and Melissa, they have great together. Can we tell Josh together. Griffith the same thing? Josh, you can stay at home too. <laughs> uh, yeah, Susan Dansby need to take over. Um, yeah, but Justin and um, Melissa, I was a little scared they weren't going to have chemistry even though they're married in real life, but they have some good chemistry together. So I like this pairing for Abby. Uh, now, when they bring that other one back, mm, it's going to go right back to hell, but but it was it was a very decent twelve thousand episode. Um, I wouldn't have made it around Chance and Abby's wedding, but hey, it is what it is. It got the Newmans and the Abbots in one room together again, and uh, get Trisha Cass back. Hopefully, you know, I'm praying, but maybe next year they'll put her back on covering her back full time. Uh, but we'll see. But well, and you know, I, from a story perspective and from the history of the show, centering a milestone episode around Chance and Abby 
was not a bad choice. I think the storyline to get there was the bad choice. You know what I mean? Because the show is called The Young and the Restless, and you have young legacy characters from the Newman, the Abbott, and the Chancellor's family, the three main families on that show after the Brooks and the Fosters left, getting married. And so from a history perspective and on paper, that sounds an amazing way to celebrate 12,000 episodes. On um, paper. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, um, my favorite moment. <laughs> oh, I forgot my favorite moments about that. Well, just to piggyback Trisha Cass back on the show, I think one of my favorite moments is when Trisha confronted, not Trisha, Nina confronted <laughs> Victoria about being married to Ryan. Like in the restaurant, there's a clip I saw the other day. Yes, Nina. Oh, Nina knew how to read that little child. Her Trisha Cass and Heather Tom. Let me tell you, those two together on screen, the rivalry between those two on screen was just amazing to watch. But Nina did not play with that little girl with little Victoria because she got her ass. It was like, look, look at the little girl. Listen, little girl. <laughs> I know what you do. I'm gonna call your daddy up. And let him know that you are married. And, oh, oh, that was a great triangle, Victoria. Right? Had to light into anybody, Nina and Phyllis. Oh, and, uh, Nina and Victoria. Nina, Nina. shot. Nina is shooting David Kimball back in the day. Yeah. So many times. Look, she uh, said, "I'm using every bullet in this gun." Right. Nina is one of those characters, like Nina Hood. Okay, she comes from the streets. She is like. She don't play no type of games, and she's been she's like one of my favorite characters in the history of that show, just because she's just a she's a fighter. She's a she's like she will go buck on you. Uh, Nina, she can be crazy. She can be impulsive. Like she's like that one character that is a lot of things, but you sympathize with her no matter what. So, I think. Oh, it was so good to see Trisha Cass back. Every yeah, time Nina, she's on my Nina, screen. Nina was Phyllis before Phyllis. Shit. Yes. 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 And I just, you know, Nina, Trisha Cass, come on, get her back full time. Write a huge story around her. Look, Trisha Cass, again, never ages. She still looks gorgeous. She can still act. She has had such an acting rest, and she came back and didn't miss a beat, much like Jane Elliott. You know, Trisha Cass can be gone as long as she wants to, but when she comes back, it's like you just saw Nina yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, she just, and when she's in that Chancellor Mansion, it's so historical, and it makes you feel like you're watching The Younger the Restless, much like every time Jill comes back. Um, but Tiggs, let's go to you. Uh, what did you think of the 12,000th? And what is your favorite Y&R moment? I haven't watched it. I'm going to watch tonight. Um, but I'm caught up to like, I think, Monday or something like that. Tuesday. But yeah. Um, like, like Y&R was always my grandmother's soap opera, my mother's soap opera. I watched it, but, you know, I was a rat. I was watching Days. You know, I was more in the days in another world, you know, all my children. Um, just the psychopaths. Like, I, I mean, I loved Mary Jo Mason as a little kid. I, I loved Veronica Landers, that goddamn Sheila Carter Ward. Like, I just, like Adam said, they need some, like, that's how you save Lola. 
like Isabella Branya. That's how you save Lola. Let her go batshit crazy. Let Noah come back. Or you know, you know what? I, I, even if they don't let Noah come back, I know the Sky fans. Didi, don't stone me. Don't get but, cussed out, dude. No, but it could be no because I love Kyle <laughs> Summer too. But they, they need they need something. That's why I'm, I'm hoping. Like, I'm just I'm just telling you to tread carefully with but what no. you say. No, it could be just one of those Here things go, where, man. you know, Kyle's been just a little bit too nice to Lola. And, you know, she starts misunderstanding stuff and getting mixed signals. And, like, you know, and she falls back. Going going going. You're going no, to and I get it. I'm completely okay with that. I've been down with Lola to go crazy. I've been yeah, saying this no, for no, a I long her, time. I don't want, yeah, I don't want her because to me, it would have been way more different if, like, maybe Kyle would have kissed Lola or something like that. That would have gave Summer more merit to be pissed off instead of a funky ass text message. Like, she you know, she, she I... tired of his shit, okay? But no, it he, should be one time she's... where he's just being nice to her, being his charming self, acting like his daddy, smiling at her face a little too goddamn much. And, and Lola, this is how you can kick it all off. Kill off that punk ass daddy they got. Cause you know Lola, Lola was pissed off at her mama, but she, you know, she puts her daddy on a pedestal. Kill off that dad. And then, you know, Kyle starts, you know, she's grieving. Kyle starts, you know, being a little too nice to her because he feels sorry for her. And Summer's just like, I know her daddy did, but Kyle, um, watch your step, motherfucker. Uh-uh. Put your head where I can see him. And like that just starts, Lola just starts some rap. And, you know, and then she just slowly descends in, not slowly, but within like six weeks, descends into madness and just goes motherfucking crazy. Or you you could have it like that where Noah does come back, she sleeps with Noah and gets pregnant and tries to pass the baby off as Kyle's. Her and Kyle don't sleep together, but she, but, but yeah, you know, too much not that me. she drugs him, but just say like she stages an episode where she lies and tells Kyle she's gonna kill herself, and then Kyle comes and he makes her feel better. And with her living you know with what? Elena, she takes work. a she takes a pill that Elena left at the house. Or you know what patient. she does? She makes it look like she is going to slit her wrist with that knife that Summer gave her at the opening of Society. I don't know why they've forgotten about that knife. I mean, that knife can be such a brilliant use of plot. To further or, or it could be just that. one of those things where she could act like she's drunk. She can act like she's drunk, but she's not. She could take like a shot or two of vodka to have it on her breath. And Kyle finds her in society being drunk. He's like, girl, now you, you know you only got one kitten. You got someone's good kidney. You can't be up there drinking. Well, take me home, Kyle. And then she he takes her home or whatever. And like I said, she drugs his ass. She drugs his ass with some prescription Elena list that she living with her. Kyle wakes up butt ass naked thinking he slept with her. But well, this is after she sleeps with her. This is after she sleeps with Noah. See, yeah, and she thinks that needs you know to be Patty. She needs to be Isabella. She needs to be Diane. I mean, she needs to be crazy. Yeah, she needs <laughs> yeah. to be crazy. And I what had seen a moment recently that I was like, ooh, Sasha can do it. Because I just watched the episode today now, you know, I'm very behind. But I watched the episode today where Summer was fantasizing that Kyle and Lola were going to have sex at society. And there was this shot 
of Sasha as Lola, you know, removing the chef's jacket to reveal a bra and stuff. She had her hair up, her makeup was looking fly. And I was like, that's it. That's the money shot. I mean, yeah, the, this story you can wrote play itself crazy, from the seductive beginning. Bitch. This story wrote itself from the beginning, from even from the moment of Perth Gate. This story oh, wrote itself. No, no, for real. One, especially once they turn Lola kind of into a shrew. No, it wrote itself. This is sins of the father. Kyle is Jack. Lola is Patty Williams. Summer is Diane Jenkins. It doesn't take a fucking rocket science. And I need somebody to pull Kyle out of bed like Ashley did to Jack. <laughs> and and, and that would be Abby. That would be Abby. That would be like, what the fuck are you doing? No, it would probably Get be Mariah. You know what? It would be Mariah because Mariah. Yeah, yeah. So Mariah. Because all Mariah does is get in other people's business because she ain't got a life of her own. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? No, she serves coffee. Remember, she's a lesbian, so she has to serve coffee. <laughs> right, cause ain't, her, her and Tessa should be at that point in their relationship. Anytime y'all want some babies or something, and no, I don't want nobody to get raped. CBS. But like, you know, because <laughs> they act like that was the only way Bianca could get a baby if she got raped. Well, but, you know, <laughs> or, or get, or you know, get impregnated by her brother-in-law. And they obviously can't ask Noah for no sperm. So, um, <laughs> Child. We could have had like this year we could have had some crazy. That girl that Mariah cheated on Tessa with. What Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay should have went crazy. No. Lindsay should have went nuts. Sean Garrett's daughter so badly. Oh, come on. Before there was a Carly Manning on Days of Our Lives being buried alive, there was a Lauren Finmore. And Sean Garrett was the one to do it because Lauren, you know, she used to be the sexy singer and Sean went absolutely crazy over her. And I wanted Lizzie to be Sean Garrett's daughter to come and avenge her father's death and for Tessa and Lauren to get screen time and Lauren help her fight this crazy stalker from her music career. Ugh. Now, you know, we can't be reminded that Lauren was a hoe. Or no. just that Lauren's on the canvas. <laughs> no, no. We got, but we got to be reminded every damn day that she's Michael Baldwin's beard. We get reminded of that shit every damn day. <laughs> and can we, can, can we just briefly... What's going on with Christian LeBlanc in his hair? He looks like an Englishman looking for a dildo. I can't Bruh. take it. The Christian, Christian, I have on no part of this. Christian, I have no part of this conversation yeah. right Christian, here. Christian, we out. Christian, we, we out. out. We out. We don't know her at remember the I best told you, Remember I told you, Christian, you, told you, you know you are a wonderful Baldwin. actor, and you look damn good for your age, goddamn. I saw that motherfucking thirst trap, okay? Look at Tig's bent back finger. See, but, I'm so sad that we never post the video version of this, but Tig's has this finger that has been all the way back. I told you Michael could come out as Come out in his late in his sixty. Look, 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 look Rigo, at these, you stop that mess too. You look at these pictures, Chris LeBlanc is, is on CBS. <laughs> I'm C yeah. Look at these. D, thank you on CBS. Because okay, uh, that first Christian put up the other day, he clearly told the girls, "I don't pay for ads." Okay. You he know what? In a I hate to tell you this. Do you know how many people do not know what time it is with him? He put. He put in. Facebook. 
That was his Jack profile pictures he put. He right. Put. Like, child. <laughs> like, girl. Ain't no way. That's one of the reasons why I never really cared for Michael and Lauren as a couple fork off. I don't That's what I said. Like, That's why I had but that idea. I've always liked Michael and Lauren. No. But they stopped giving them story. When, <clears throat> look, I was reminded of my love for Michael and Lauren when they replayed the honeymoon episode with Sheila Carter and the yacht exploded. I felt it, but they've taken the Jeopardy out of that couple for so long now. Um, yeah, Willie Grace. You know, one of them is due to cheat. One of them is about to cheat. Exactly. I'm just figuring out which one it was. I and thought it was going to be Lauren with Jack. I I've thought it was going to be Lauren Michael. with Jack. No, Michael's do Michael's do a cheat. Cause Lauren I've always wanted Michael to sleep with Tracy. <laughs> and I know a lot of people hate oh. me for this, but I've always wanted Michael to sleep with Tracy. Now because I hate you too. See, now I hate you too. Tracy's are better. It would be now historical. Lauren be versus historical. Tracy again. Okay, yeah. I, I can see that. Follow me once in a while, you guys. Come on. <laughs> Tracy deserves better than Michael's wet dick. She deserves a full hard cock. Okay. Alan, he has well, prostate cancer anymore. Yeah, but she <laughs> almost had that, but that big goofy Australian had to like ruin that moment. Oh, okay. And, See, now he gainfully, I, I, and now he's gainfully unemployed. So how did, <laughs> how did that work out? <laughs> Look, favorite moments from the young and the restless. Uh, Daniel Goddard leaving. <laughs> Daniel, I did not say that. That was not me. That was Casey Hutch. Oh, yeah. uh, Casey Hutch. Facebook, Casey Stephen Hutchison. It's me in my profile picture with Look, a friend of birthday. Hell. Even Krista Khalil was happy. Krista Khalil was so happy that motherfucker left. She came back. Krista uh, Khalil yeah, said, I do four episodes a week, baby. Work me back into the opening. Duh, duh, duh. It's like the minute she knew that motherfucker was gone, she was booking her flight from Canada. She Packed up son of a bitch. Come on, baby. Shit. As soon as he said he, he he was gone, Chris Khalil was moving back to California and everything. That wasn't no damn coincidence. Mm -mm. So I want to go around the panel here. Um, and oh god. Now, <laughs> so besides Nina and Dee, we'll start with you. Who is a character from Wyandar's history you would like to see return full-time? Doesn't necessarily have to be the same actor who played them, but just the character. Uh, Drusilla. Duh. Yeah, I, I, I want to see Drusilla come back. <laughs> Duh. You need to climb up that mountain. And come climb on. up that waterfall, climb <laughs> every mountain, baby. <laughs> climb every mountain. Around the mountain when she comes. <laughs> She'll be. Oh, I, keep forget you, I, I keep forgetting you live in Springfield. You be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's your country ass? Oh my God. Rodrigo. <laughs> Do you share the same thought as D that it needs to yes. be the only winter's Jerusalem, matriarch? Drusilla Barbara Winters. You need to climb out that wherever cave she's been hiding out down there by the water. Whoever been taking care of her, you need to let her go. So I need it to be Sheila Carter who's been taking care of her. Nurse she Sheila. Need to, she need to come on back with her child. I think how I would play is Drusilla was pregnant when she fell off that cliff and she got a teenage son or daughter now. And they come back to town. 
something like that. Victoria Raul has been she has been needed to come back on the show for years. You see, people are waiting. They are still waiting for her to come back. It's been thirteen years, and they are still waiting for her to come back. That just tells you something. Uh, he was should have brought her back when Kristoff was still alive. That was right. and Victoria were trending the day she showed up on Kristoff St. John's memorial episode. Come on now. And she would bring back at least a million eyeballs back to the show if she were to return. I'm just saying. But yeah, because right now the Winters family, they don't have an anchor. They don't have that anchor that that, you know, adult anchor that like is guiding these kids because like Neil is I gone. I would want her to Olivia is Elena for breakfast. I would want her to eat Elena for breakfast because... <laughs> Please. I wanted her to get into it. No, I wanted her to scrap with Hillary, baby. That's what yeah. I wanted. Drusilla, Drusilla, Drusilla and Hillary, man. She right. ends up at Genoa City Memorial and Elena can be like her doctor. And she said, you ain't fucking touching me. Not after you touched Nate and cheated on my son. Man, oh. nah, I still would have held out for I was holding out for Drusilla and Hillary to go at it for well, both of them to be scrapping. It would be a street fight. As to why we street fight. It would be a street fight. And now Mal Young didn't even go after him. Amanda because Amanda tried to take her son's inheritance away. So there you Amanda go. Amanda didn't do anything except her damn job. Now Devon was a big old dummy, and I said, you know, I'm Devon's <laughs> number one fan. Devon <laughs> was the dummy that gave his money away and that's how I know there are no black oh, writers you at it Young and the Restless. <laughs> there are no black writers at Young and the Restless because there ain't a black man in America that's going to give away a billion dollars. I don't give a fuck. I'm just telling you. I know black people. We're not doing that. Right. Now man. So Tiggs, what about you? Character you would like to see return? Oh, Drusilla. Oh, hell yeah. Hell <laughs> so, Alan. Yeah. I, I said it last week. I mean, in addition to her, I want Olivia back, damn it. And the shit, and even chemo, motherfucker. I tell Peter Bergman, motherfucker, you seven. What else you got to work at? At this point, Victoria Rowell is a whole lot more realistic than chemo showing up. So. I, child, child, Jeannie Cooper is more realistic. <laughs> I just love every time you that bring laugh. <laughs> because oh my god! Hell, Brenda Dixon walking back into that goddamn. No, no, room. not Brenda Dixon. No. Look, Brenda Dixon. Hello, Tim. Like, they finally found a reason for Theo. Theo could have been the Abbott's version of Adam. Better written. But not now, but when Josh Griffith gets fired. <laughs> because, like, well, he honey, Tyler Johnson leaving with him, too. Don't you read the news? Because, like, yeah, the Abbots have shitted on that boy. They even Tracy, as much as I love Tracy, and they ain't did shit to make that boy feel welcome. And they wonder why he's suing them for Dennis Millions. Uh, I despise. And I'm a Kyle fan, but I despised Kyle the way he treated him at. Um, the funeral planning. Yeah, Kyle being a he little was trash for that. Bitch. He was I trash was for so that. Tra- 
Yeah. And but I did love, I tell you what though, it's a shame to watch Tyler Johnson leave because Tyler Johnson did so much emotional like face acting when he was looking at how Dina's necklace was divided up amongst the family and he realized he got nothing. And I was like, oh my heart. And that's my whole thing. Like they don't need that money. Like I said on Twitter, Jack, Ashley, and um Tracy all could have gave that boy each one third of what Dina left them, put it into a trust. So that boy can never have to worry about money again. Y'all weren't gonna miss that money. And y'all know Dina won shit for leaving a bitch ass five hundred dollar fountain pen to that man. Ain't shit. So Mr. Allen, who is your top wine our return? Trisha Dennison. Oh, Her there we go. <laughs> yeah. Terrorize Victoria. Sleep with Reed. He needs to fire some shots in the tour. Because you know human men don't wear condoms, get pregnant, and just have both. The show needs a villain that isn't Adam. Yeah. Fuck. Amen. I agree, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all need to do something. Either Noah need to come back, married to Grace Turner, or Trisha Dempsey need to, you know, get her club shot up by Reed. Y'all need to do something. General City needs to get burned down to the ground by a crazy batshit motherfucker. Name Lola. Charles Pratt Jr., I mean, at least he gave you villain. Sure, it was Ian Ward's big ass once in a while, but at least there was Jeopardy. Even Mal Young had a little bit of Jeopardy. I mean, there is Genoa City, this is the most lifeless it's ever been in 48 seasons. I mean, it's just. A they need to do something. I mean, even Sheila Carter serving Linguini on The Bold and the Beautiful had more jeopardy in it than the entire hour of The Young and the Restless. Ugh. Well, of to course, be honest, I wasn't eating nothing that Sheila Carter put in front of me period. real talk. I can't believe those no. people were having Sheila as their waitress. I'm like, Brooke, she tried to shoot the shit out of you when you tried to heat up a bottle of milk for a little baby one time. Come on now. You're like, Sheila, I will take the breadsticks. Oh. And we need that. We we need that crazy person and, 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 and the crazy person that always speaks for the audience. You know, to, to, tell, tell, to tell Mariah. You're like, Mariah, can you stay the hell about my business before I shoot your ass? But you know, I yeah. want somebody, I want somebody in the dark lit hotel room talking to themselves on The Young and the Restless again. I just something. I mean, my God. And which is weird because, you know, Josh usually does villains and I know he probably thinks he's doing that with Adam but he usually does inject some variety into them besides the one he's got a hard nut for and this is just boring I mean it is. literally there's not a single villain in all of Genoa City for the first time ever <sighs> um, even Phyllis is tame my god Phyllis is given therapy in the lobby of the Grand Phoenix she's like Lucy with the booth we know y'all would prefer that Phyllis was given hand jobs in the lobby of the Grand <laughs> Phoenix, but hey. Look, I tell you, she's probably going to cut a glory hole under that bar she's always behind. <laughs> oh, oh, I love Phyllis. Um, so, yes, for me, it's definitely Drusilla, first and foremost, because it makes the most sense story-wise for dramatic purposes. It would really inject some life back into the show. Uh, Drusilla has so much unfinished business in that town, even uh, 12 years later. I mean, it's just Drusilla all the way. But I would also like to see, you know, 
And I've talked about this before with the show coming up on its 50th anniversary um, in the next few years. I would like to see some Brooks and Fosters maybe worked back into the show, like Brooks Prentice or Jennifer Foster. Um, just something to, you know, make you go, oh, that's nice. You know, they worked back in an original part of the show again. Um, so yeah, that would be nice. Uh, but anyway, Miss D, where can they find you on the tweeter? Uh, you can find me at TMZDD, being a style lover for life. And Tiggs, where can they find you and Maria Rena Bell ready to deport Kane Ashby? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know Maria. Me, she tried to deport that man. The best 11.985 talking shit and getting so fans together like I always do. Mr. Alan Rouch, where can they find you? They can find me reading Josh Griffith for filth at Alice Rappa. And uh, where in the world is Rodrigo San Diego? Rodrigo, where can they find you? You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. And I love, by the way, real quick, Rodrigo, every time I sign into Twitter, it pops up that I need to be following your old account. It's like <laughs> suggestions that I see Rodrigo's old profile picture. Oh, no. oh, don't bring that up. I miss my old profile. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Casey S. Hutch. You can also find our show at the chat underscore podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And guess what? We have something special coming up soon because it's coming. The 50th episode, our first little mini celebration. So we're very excited. Stay tuned for that one. Bye. Don't eat or twerk at restaurants. Yes, yeah, thing uh, I asked is in the house. I can't wait to join. Come on, let's shut this There you go. Out. I knew you all would set off. <laughs> Look, it took Alan to say one thing. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye, Bye. Wash your ass. Wear a mask. Mind your business. <laughs>